the most shocking event in Oscar history during the worst ceremony in Oscar history. I mean, we'll talk about the box office, and we have Multiplex Sadness officially getting underway, but yeah, we gotta talk about what the hell happened during the 94th Academy Awards on this, the 192nd episode of What's in the Box Office. Hello everyone and welcome to What's in the Box Office, your weekly look at movies and the money they make. Each week we sit down and pour over the weekend's box office returns and tell you what we think they mean for the industry at large. I'm your host, Brian. And I'm your host, Noah, and I, uh, I don't have a good Will Smith joke. I wanted to... Neither did Chris Rock. No, that's true. You see, you had Got a good him. Will Smith joke. Got him. I... Uh, doesn't really seem like there's another uh, way to open this, but also just I, 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 don't, ha- I don't have it. Okay. It escapes me. I'm your host, Will Smith, so uh, watch out. Let's um, okay. let's get it out of the way so we can then talk about the actual show. Um, shocking. We had an Oscar party. Who doesn't? When I tell you the gasps that I, 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 thinking back on it last night when I was going to bed, I kept thinking like in that moment, what was I saying? What joke was I making as Will walked up and then hit and then... Just kind of trying to stay in that moment of us going, wait, what? Did he really hit him? What was that? And the bleep of him yelling. Did he say, keep your... What was going on? It was the most insane thing that might ever happen at the Oscars. And the Oscars have had some weird shit. There was a streaker back in the day. There was a Brando sending up um, that woman, I can't remember her name, to accept his Oscar. Envelope Gate. Sure, with the best picture, incorrect but announcement. This is one of the biggest movie stars in the world, putting his hands on one of the biggest comedians in the world. Wild, wild. It was, and uh, yeah, real, uh, real testament to the rest of the show around it that it's just the only thing people are talking about. Yeah, I. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly up there with we got best picture wrong, our bad. Uh, I, yeah, the you know our 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 party was filled with the uh, you know movie watchers and uh, movie watcher adjacents mm-hmm. and who were mostly just, gone by that point. Yeah, and just like friends who were uh, friends who were there to hang out. They were and, mostly gone by that point. Sure, but uh, yes, the attention of the room was grasped. Was, uh, I I'd would say. say. There was like side conversations going on on the couch during most of it. Someone had their laptop open, and then when that happened, it was just what? Okay, we're yeah. focusing on this for the next silence, please. Um, I mean, you and I have discussed this off mic. I don't know how much we should put on it, just because there's so many things that people have said already, and we're not going to be really adding to the discourse with our dumb opinions about things, you know? Yeah, I think I think I think our opinions are pretty good, but also I. I I agree. I have I have no interest in hashing out like the moral ramifications of the slap. You know, does Will come back to give out Best Actress next year? Yes. I want to say no. Okay. I think that because the Academy's meeting, which could just be a formality, I think they will hand down something. I I still I find it very funny the idea that the Academy is meeting to dole out punishment. Well, they have to review the situation. That, <laughs> they don't know if they're going to dole out anything. The, as as if they have 
like any sort of authority to act. Sure. If someone were to come up to Will Smith and be like, your membership in the Academy is suspended for a year. Like, would he notice? I suspect he wouldn't notice. I think he would notice. Maybe, maybe he would notice when he didn't get to go to the Oscars, but otherwise, like, I, I, I he'll be fine. I, think I don't it's just suspect like a, that will you know, impact his life. I think it's a mark on your ledger. I think it'll, he'll go to all these things, and there will just be like looks. You know, that's 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 the man who's suspended. I don't know. No, no, there won't be. But I, uh, that's the man who's suspended. They're certainly not going to take away his Oscar, but um, I don't know. Just truly a uh, something you would never think, even in the realm of possibility, that you'd see. No, this is what I, you put. You put the you put the people right there, so there, close. There was no there was no aisle. There were no stairs. They were just they were just there, ready to respond. Right in chairs, yeah. not even like stadium seating. They were just in like lounge chairs. Don't let them get too comfortable. <laughs> Don't let the nominees get too comfortable. They think they run the show. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was wild. And I think that part of it is that... I don't know. All right. Let's move on to what a shit show the actual awards were. Okay. <laughs> what did you think overall? Really bad. Yeah. And like... Not really bad in a new way, oh. I think, or maybe maybe a way that's sort of been growing. Uh, the show is often full of disappointing winners, uh, bad bits, uh, failed uh, magic routines, things like that. But I really felt like the culmination of everything yesterday was just sort of like a disdain for the show itself. Mm -hmm. I felt the, you know, much has been said about the doing awards beforehand and splicing them into the show. Much will be said in a minute. Sure. Uh, Which just sends a, sends a clear message. Like try, try to save time, whatever you want. Didn't work, but sends a clear message. These awards are not important. I there, we have them and we'll do them, but they're not like the show. Uh, so we've got a third of the show, not important. Then you've got the uh, you've got the hosts up there, who uh, you know, in a long tradition of thinking the hosts of the Oscars did a bad job. I think we're mostly not good. I uh, and also like they seemed like not even part of the show. That that's true. I uh, but they just they they did not seem to be there to enjoy the movies. Right. Like I. All their jokes were making fun of the movies. Yeah, they were making fun of the movies, this, which I thought, the, which the, I thought was On the poster, weird. it said, Movie Lovers Unite. And yet they spent time talking about, fair or not, how being the Ricardos was misguided in the sense that it wasn't a comedy, how Power of the Dog was slow, and about how nobody saw The Last Duel. That's not uniting anybody. No, it's like I have the, the jokes about the Power of the Dog were particularly uh, irksome to me. Because that is a front runner for best picture, mm. and we're just gonna come out here and be like, "Yeah, that movie's pretty boring, right?" Like, no, it's not. <laughs> I, I saw and the, the people uh, I in saw, here I saw don't the, think so because they nominated for twelve awards. Yeah, I saw the uh, I saw a great point made that uh, it was like the third shortest best picture yeah, nominee. I saw that too. I, and also like I'm, I'm all for making fun of Aaron Sorkin, 
but like being the Ricardos is nominated for stuff. You want to get people in here and be like, we're here to celebrate these movies, but the movies we're celebrating suck. Yeah. Like what, what are you doing? They're, they're making fun of the animated movies, uh, that the, uh, the section of animated Twitter that I follow is very unhappy with. What did they say? I remember. I just, a, there was a, a, there was a disdain for animated movies, sort of a tone of like, there's real movies and oh, then there's the kids movies that we watch. Joe wrote those jokes. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Joe was, uh, I forgot when Amy Schumer called it baby shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was classic. I, uh, so yeah, it's, and then the show just being the mess that it was, it just, it, it completely felt like this isn't even an earnest attempt no. to celebrate these movies that no. is unenjoyable and bad, which can happen sometimes. Yeah. It was, it's just like why? Why are we here at all? There was like a lack of hours. There was a lack of passion, a lack of respect for the craft and the industry. It was shocking. You know, Will Packer came on to produce it. And he wanted a show, supposedly at the behest of ABC, to make it short, keep it three hours. That'd be. It. I heard the rumor that ABC wanted to cut twelve awards uh-huh. from the broadcast, and they knocked it down to eight and did would a thing have, beforehand. Would have been even longer. <laughs> Which, in retrospect, seemed to work. People got there early and they had their own show. The issue was. You know, not only did you edit out them walking to the podium, which honestly, fine, right? Who cares? But it was editing the speeches themselves, especially when some of the speeches condemned this decision that they made. Uh-huh. The Academy choosing what to put in, first of all, acts of censorship. Second of all, the, in the press kit, which I read to you that tweet earlier, when you know they have all the transcripts for reporters uh, for their articles about all the speeches, when they gave them the speeches for those eight... It was the edited speeches for the footage they showed, not the full speeches, which is nuts. So there's that. And then when you fill it with all the nonsense, where I do want to get to that they included it with. Uh huh. I want to see people walk into the podium more than whatever the hell you showed us. It's just it really was a lack of respect for the craft and for the audience who like these movies. Yeah. Very distasteful. And it. Even the parts that were trying to celebrate movies felt just so like ill considered. Yeah. The uh, the you know, thinnest the... of connection between Kelly Slater, Tony Hawk, and Sean White and James Bond, which is like he goes to the extreme. Yeah, that's that was that was ridiculous. Someone pointed out you have Javier Bardem and Judi Dench in the room. Get yeah, them on stage they're, together. They're, they're sitting right there. Rami Malek introduced the song. Get him on stage. Get um. Billy Eilish and, and Phineas on stage. There's like there's people there part of the James Bond world, even if you can't get the surviving Bond members on stage together. Yeah. Just for a clip package. Yes. Uh, and like a like I I love the clip packages generally. Not a particularly good clip package. By the way, uh, we did have Oscar clips this year. Yes. And the live performances were back. So could they did a great job with that. Kudos sure. for that. I uh, the Godfather montage was yeah. was Awful. Not only were they not presenting an award, Francis Ford Coppola and Al Pacino come out for the 60th and no 50th. I think it's 50th anniversary of The Godfather. Yeah, that feels right. 72. Yeah, and Robert De Niro as well. Ford Coppola is the only person that speaks. They're there for a minute, and then they show a clip package. Why don't you let De Niro and Pacino speak? What else are they doing there? 
Also, I don't know if you heard me. If you knew this, I, I did, and it's an it's. Was, a, it, was, it's a was good that the first point. time that you re- realized yeah, that? Yeah, that did not. Robert De Niro me. is not in The Godfather. He's in The Godfather Part Two, which came out checks time 30, 48 years ago. Yes, and that is, it's what it's just it's it's just, it's like they're not they don't it's like they don't care, and then the montage from The Godfather is just like set to a bunch of hip hop beats. That are changing every three seconds. And Diddy introduces them? Uh, yeah. the <laughs> Everything was bad, I think. Um, I want to mention uh, um, the comedy routines. The three of the hosts on stage. Sure. Uh, Regina Hall, Wanda Sykes, Amy Schumer. They didn't gel together on stage to start the show. Then Amy Schumer's out there and she does an okay bit. I liked Regina Hall's bit picking the men to sexually assault sure. because I like her a lot one. And then them doing that costume thing where they dressed up as people from the movies was terrible. Very like 2004 joke kind yes. of thing. Wanda Sykes visit to the Academy museum was like, I get whatever, but that was all very, you know, it, it doesn't like, I understand that this is the Academy awards. The Academy awards is promoting the Academy museum. What bothered me a lot was that this is on ABC, which is owned by Disney. Yeah. So we got a special trailer for Lightyear. We got two Encanto songs, which we'll talk about the second uh, one. Let's. Two Encanto songs. And it was just peppered with Disney just fanboying themselves, um, which always rolls me the wrong way. So the musical performances are back. We kick off with Beyonce. That was a great performance, I thought. Of yes, live. I, I, I would have preferred that was on the stage. But what did, what did you think of the green? I liked of, it a like lot. The, of, yeah, yeah, I did. I thought it looked weird. Mm. Eh, I didn't. Lo- I didn't love the look, but the performance was great. Uh, there, there, there's much b- bigger things to nitpick. All right. So uh, I'm yeah. just gonna go through the performances. Reba sure. McIntyre, whatever. Uh, Billie Eilish and uh, Phineas, fine. Sure, I, I, I like that song. Dos Origitas, fine. Very boilerplate. People dancing around them. Yeah, that that was uh, of the of the performances in the uh, in the arena. Yeah, in in theater. the theater, by a wide margin, the best one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just the the most interesting performance in that there were dancers and they kind of moved forward on the stage a little bit, whereas uh, everyone else just kind of sat there doing the song. Yeah, I probably agree. And then. In a move to bolster ratings, but also to presumably bolster family viewership, they perform We Don't Talk About Bruno two hours into it when it's already late on the East Coast. Yeah. It was already like 930 on the East Coast. Um, it's a different version of the song with three added participants, Becky G, somebody else, and Megan The Stallion, and different lyrics. <laughs> And, like, it's not nominated. They're just doing it. That, first of all, that should have opened the show because, A, it's not connected to the other nominees. It's not nominated. So that could be presented as the opening act. Sure. It's just we're celebrating movies. This is the biggest song of the year for the movies. Here's the opening of our show. But the fact they did it almost in, they did it in between. I don't think they had finished the song presentations. So they, (laughs) they did it in the middle of the nominated songs. So ill-conceived, and also wasn't that fun to watch. Like it was just kind of haphazard. It was really bad. It was. Yeah. It was really bad. I uh, lots of uh, lots of parents 
on Twitter making the point that like this is clearly a bit for the families and the kids. The kids are excited. Like you said, it's very late. And also now there's a Megan the Stallion she's verse rapping about the Oscars. About, yeah. <laughs> like why? Just do the song. Just do, the song is incredibly popular. You don't need to fix the song because it was on the Billboard charts for a hundred weeks. So just do that. Do the thing that people like. And people will go, hey, we liked that. It was so bad. What was some of the other stuff that they padded the time with? Kevin Costner talked for about 45 minutes. Oh, my God. To start his thing. The Kevin Costner introduction for Best (laughs) Director was... We all stopped listening for a while and then just started, like, talking over it and being like, is he still talking about something? And he was. (laughs) I... Yeah, it was was just insane, especially because, uh, you know, you kept making the point that at that point in the show, they had not yet given out uh, best makeup and hairstyling. Yes. Which, uh, you know, is. I I don't want to say a lesser award, but it is not one of the main events. You know, it is not a top line award. Uh, So what could he be out here to do? Because he's not presenting makeup and hairstyling with this long speech. Uh, and it wouldn't make sense for it to be director because that's like the co-main, except it was director uh, because they just kind of picked the order at random. Uh, there was Amy Schumer's seat filler bit. Yeah, where she kicked Kirsten Dunst out yeah. of her chair. Uh, yeah. which was That started with maybe the best bit, which is after the Will Smith stuff. And then she said, I was in the bathroom for a bit. Is it, did anything happen? Yeah, the vibe, she, seems, the vibe different. seems different now. I that, yeah, by I, the way, is what the host should do: react to what happens. John Stewart was great at that. Uh, Chris Rock was good at that. Coming out and talking about what had just happened and making a joke. Yeah, there's this is this is another thing I wanted to I wanted to talk about. Just kind of the idea of what the host of the Oscars is mm-hmm. like. It it does not and kind of has not felt for a while that. Like, someone is there to host the show, like, to shepherd the show along, to be the person in charge. This is something that, uh, you know, Jimmy Kimmel got praised for uh, during the whole Envelope Gate. He did a great great job of coming out and being like, I am am the the figurehead here, but, but like, so I am am acting, and things are happening, and it was great. Mm -hmm. I... These these three just seemed like they were there to just to do bits. Yeah. Like a monologue and bits. I never never to come out and be like, "Wow, that was great." And now, here are your presenters, uh, Zendaya and etc or yeah. whoever and whatever. I it's just like why are they there? Why are they not hosting? Yeah. The show. It's almost like the they should be introducing um, the musical acts, and and so like they should be introducing more. You know, they used to come out and introduce presenters and be like, you know, this guy did this joke, and this guy is this joke, and here are these two together. Yeah, they should they should do that. But I also think they should come out and do a little comedy bit about the movie that's the song's about to happen, and then go and now here performing, and that keeps people engaged. You know, I was wondering with the memoriam, that was a total disaster. Yeah. The one thing I liked was the idea that every so often someone who was personal, close friends with that person would come out and give a little testimony. I thought that was a very nice touch. Let me, uh, we've, I'm sure we've talked about this on previous Oscar podcasts. Uh, 
it's always felt a little strange to me. And obviously I understand why, because it's just the nature of fame and the business. It feels kind of weird to me that there's like the dead people and then like the dead people. Sure. You know, like who's going to be the main event of the in memoriam? Well, it's the same like thing with once... with the below the line categories. Sure, but I I think I think it it's especially strange when you're talking about people that have died. Yeah, like there there's an extent to which like well you know makeup's not as important as director because each thing is a part of a whole. Like sure, but also director is like is a bigger deal, and I'm fine with that, but. It is a little weird to me when it's like, all right, so this guy was an AD for 40 years, and this guy was a famous character actor in uh, in Japan that showed up in movies occasionally that no one's heard of. But then, like, you know, Sidney Poitier died, and that's important, so we're going to do, like, devote extra time to that. Right. I always felt pretty strange to me, and I think the... Uh, the extra attention called to by like these people get speakers for them. Uh, it kind of amplified that for me a little bit. I, I, I enjoyed the personal touch. Cause then it's not like this is just people that we've seen on a screen or it's not just people that we've never heard of. And they should do it with a few of the ones unseen then, you know? Sure. I maybe think, I, think that, I think that would be fine. I think the, maybe instead of a rousing solo for whoever was singing, uh, we do, you know, someone who's a, a set decorator for 60 years. And then, like, Jessica Chastain goes, you know, I worked with him on this thing. He's very sweet. We'll miss you. That kind of thing. Yeah. I, that would that would be that would be fine. And I think would go a long way towards uh, alleviating we ne- that feeling for me. It was the, the, the That was performed by the Sunday Service Choir, who sang fine. I mean, the singing was fine. Sure. It was the, wor- the, the, the wide shot they had which was the choir up front really moving and grooving to the song. Yes. <laughs> Up-tempo rendition of these songs. Almost joyful. But not only that, but the screen that had the deceased was behind them in frame and smaller than they were because of how far back it was. And so them dancing in, in their colorful robes and bobbing around, your eye can't help but go to them. <laughs> Yeah, this was the tone was off and it was executed so poorly. This was the big problem for me. I don't even so much like mind the tone. You know, it's there's always the old cliche at uh, at funerals and stuff of like, I don't we want it to be a celebration of their life. Sure. Uh, And so like, sure, doing a doing like Spirit in the Sky and songs like that uh, with a little a little upbeat, a little life to them does not bother me inherently, but having the group of people in front of the screen dancing and like drawing your attention was very strange yes. because then the in memoriam was just like a slideshow playing in the background that you were not watching. Yeah. I, uh, and I, I don't know how that didn't occur to anybody. And they were rehearsing the show. Um, Maybe it did, and they don't care. As far as... Uh, they, they did a bunch of reunions of things. The White Man Can Jump Cast came out, which was fun to see. The um, the Godfather, as we mentioned. the You know, the uh, w- what I liked was the three um, live-action Disney princesses all together. Uh-huh. Although, you flew Rachel Zegler in. From London, because she's there shooting Snow White. 
So throw her up there as well. That's That's an interesting point. (laughs) Just occurred to me now, like, and and if you're going to say, well, we haven't seen her yet. We also haven't seen Haley Berry do it either. That comes out next year. So that's crazy to me that she was there and they just didn't have four of them out there. But, um, but I like the, I liked the pair. Okay. So let me stick to the reunion stuff. Um, I thought it was cool if a little unguided, like Rosie Perez, Woody Harrelson was this like, didn't really know what to do other than uh-huh. just read the teleprompter. Um, the, the Travolta stuff worked cause they had a bit worked out, <laughs> but, where... but even that was what the 28th anniversary of Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Like you, you couldn't think of anything interesting that happened on a my, milestone year. My point with that being, they had a bit work. Sure, they didn't sure. just go out there and go. You, you can look at our faces. Yes. This is what we look like now. That is that, um, is, that is true. But to me, just or, kind of spoke towards the broader, sure. ill-considered nature Absolutely. of everything. Or and then the Godfather thing, which is just they weren't giving an award. Right. Or the other way to do it, either have them do a bit like Pulp Fiction, or do what Juno did. With Elliot Page, Jennifer Garner, and J.K. Simmons, they come out and present the award that that movie won yes. all those years ago. That's the way to do it. They're presenting original screenplay. Can't believe Juno's fifteen years old, but they're present. They're doing original screenplay because that uh, Diablo Cody won that award. That's what. That's how that should have been yeah. handled. Would have been a problem for White Man Can't Jump, which of course won no awards at the Oscars. Exactly. That's exactly. I also enjoyed the pair. They did two of these. They paired people. Uh, best supporting actress. Uh, we all know, and we all know that the acting awards are usually given out by the recipient of the previous year's gender. Right. So this year, Daniel Kaluuya came out to do supporting actress with her, the singer, because she won best song for Judas and the Black Messiah last year, which he won for. Right. Then for costume design, Lupita Nyong'o came out with Ruthie Carter, who won costume design for Black Panther, which Lupita was in. I liked that pairing of the two different either winners or just participants of a previous movie coming together to present it. I thought that was interesting. Sure. A, and I don't know why they only did two of those. A brief moment in the show. Well, because they don't actually uh, care about the smaller categories. That's probably true. Uh, and yeah, that was a that was a brief moment where it did seem like someone involved was like, hey, costume design is cool, and we should find a way to call attention to that. Yes. So get the... Black Panther costume designer out with one of the stars of Black Panther, mm-hmm. and then people will go, "Oh, hey, yeah, I." She dressed her in that movie. I liked. Yes, yeah, I, and then it would all come together. Uh, and then Lady Gaga should just host next year. That yes, I've seen. Uh, I've seen some some so, calls for that. Seems give her fine. ten million dollars. Everyone will watch. <laughs> Can you imagine the viewership if Lady Gaga hosted the Oscars? Uh, be yeah, enormous. Might might approach 16, 17 million people. That's enormous. <laughs> um, I did not know Minnelli was that. No, I that did. was that was a that was shocking. a surprise to me. As shocking well. to watch. They did promise a surprise. Yeah, that was it. The surprise wasn't. We haven't announced Liza Minnelli. It's like, wait till you see Liza Minnelli. Yeah, Liza Minnelli is not well at this time. Uh, Lady Gaga was so sweet with her though. Yes, she fumbled something. Lady Gaga said, "I got you," and she said, "I know." Yeah. And she said, like, I love being here with you. And late Liza Miller was like, I love being here with you, too. It was beautiful. Beautiful moment. Um, what, uh, anything else before we go to the winners? Um, and some stats. No. Obviously I, do the honorary Oscars on the main stage on the same day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a whole. Uh, Samuel Jackson. Not, you know, people are like, you know, Samuel Jackson, Denzel gives it to him. Elaine May, whatever. But if you want, like, viewers to tune in. How cool would it be for Samuel Jackson and Denzel to give each other an Oscar? 
It's not only that. Samuel Jackson is the biggest box office star in history. His movies have made more money than any other actors in history because he's part of Star Wars, Incredibles, and the MCU. Yes. Uh, so that's silly. Yeah, I mean, they just... They keep they keep talking about trying to be a more populous show and then just fumbling that at every opportunity. Yeah. And, DJ you know, we'll, Khaled coming out at the beginning? I sure. Oh yeah. My God. <laughs> I don't I don't even know with that. I DJ Khaled should have been the announcer. Who says like coming up next Yeah for sure. our final thrilling hour, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean he shouldn't have been, but that would have been better than what he did. Yeah, just running and interrupting uh, them and yeah. going, here they are. And it, like, as that was happening, I was like, is this a Kanye West riff? <laughs> Turns out we'd get that later. Like, but yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, the only uh, the only other thing, which we'll uh, probably talk about more when we go over the winners, mm-hmm. but uh, I also saw this point made a lot. Uh, how funny is it that in their attempts to be a uh, more populous show, uh, they get rid of all the awards where the like only big money movie won them all like everything oh dune yeah dune Dune won like almost everything that didn't happen on screen yeah and like dune's the only movie that anybody saw there's two things we didn't talk about the voting the fan favorites oh sure yeah i guess those aren't winners so So there certainly weren't the extra bits so the academy in order to again make this more user-friendly um, put out a poll. It wasn't even a poll. What they should have done was literally click something, not post something with a hashtag on it. Because um, that's how you get uh, Minamata. Um, in order to tie into their Movie Lovers Unite, they teamed up with Twitter, which is just, I guess, saying we're doing a hashtag. We team up with Twitter all the time. Sure. Um, where Twitter, this is from Wikipedia, where Twitter users could vote for their favorite film of the year and their favorite movie moment in history. The two with the most votes being recognized during the telecast. Turns out they did five of them. Yeah. Um, they could vote for the favorite film. Use that. Who cares about the hashtags? So here were the winners. And this was done on Twitter. So we all kind of knew where this was going. Right. The first one was the favorite Oscar cheer moments in the history of film. All of film. Yes. Beginning D- to end. Dorothy seeing Oz for the first time in color. The Yellow Brick Road and all that yeah. kind of thing. Um, Rocky Rocky winning, winning in the second one uh, Jaws the shark coming out and the we're gonna need a bigger boat like, or even like open wide you son of a bitch and then boom oh yeah you know sure Star Wars you're Luke you're my father or something whatever happened <laughs> in Star Wars that was actually uh, the plot of Star Wars 9 here's what we had fifth place Neo's bullet dodge in the Matrix sure. okay I don't think fans really know what cheer-worthy means, though. Nobody saw that if they saw anyone. Ah, yeah. People yeah. were more like, holy shit, that was cool. You know, But but still, fine. fine. That is an appropriate historical moment. Uh, fourth place, uh, Effie White singing, and I'm going to tell you, I'm not going Dreamgirls. Great Oscar moment. She won the Oscar for it. That one to me is like, that's combining... You know, that was a hit, but it wasn't a big hit. But that's combining, like, the mainstream with the Oscar thing. Yeah, which, like, I don't really understand where it came from. On Twitter? Like, I don't which, know. Yeah, like, which, which, who voted, which block of fans I agree. voted that fourth? Um, third place, Avengers Assemble to Fight Thanos in Avengers Endgame 2019. Sure. Sure. Fine. That I understand totally. That That is the definition of cheerworthy. Yeah. 
It's very exciting. Second place, three Spider-Men team up. I mean, it just happened. That's the second most cheerworthy thing of all time. It is. Great. That's, yeah. Great. Uh, it's even in movie. Like, they've been working together for days in the movie universe. They've already met. Just seeing them in costume land next to each other. Anyway. Yeah, the, the cheer moment is when Andrew Garfield shows up. Yes. He's the first one, right? Yes, he is, is the that, first one. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the cheer moment is in that room where they both show up. Of yeah. course, yeah. First place, The Flash enters the Speed Force, Zack Snyder's Justice League 2021. Now, before we dig into that, this means that every cheerworthy moment in cinema history, the top five, all happened after the year 1998. Yes. Movies obviously. were around for 98 years before that. Not, not, that, not exciting. that exciting. <laughs> yeah, they're like artistic and they're in, they're mostly in black and white. We had 1999, uh, yeah. seven years later we get one, 13 years later, and then two years, and then one that was not released in theaters. Yes. Mm. Let's talk about Zack Snyder's Speed Force shows. I don't even know what the hell scene that was. When I first heard it, I thought it was the slow motion scene from the yeah. beginning. Apparently that's not it. No, it's I don't like really remember the, the Flash scene. running. I mean... It's a four-hour movie, uh, so... We got to watch it again, then. I got to know what it is, and I got to know in context. Please please tell me. If I ever watch Zack Snyder's Justice League, uh, the Snyder Cut, again, I'd like you to kill me with a hammer. This is precisely why... Only if Lily James tells me. This is precisely why um, you don't do this just based on a hashtag, because the Snyder Army will get you. It's, it's, It's been a thing since... Like, I think since we were in high school, at least, which was many years ago, uh, where internet polls were just taken over by shit posters yeah. having a laugh. Do you remember Bodie McBoatface? Oh, yeah. I I think that was, I think that happened when we were in high school. The English boat. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, let's name, help name our boat, please. Yeah. And everyone was like, ah, fuck you. Of course this was going to, who... Who could have ever thought that anything else would happen other They're than so Twitter weirdos take it over? Stupid, and they, you could that just like shows how disconnected they are from the public. The p- public they're trying to reach that they think they have a shot of recapturing. Yeah, it shows how disconnected they are that they thought, well, we'll just put a poll on Twitter and that'll yeah, work and, out fine. And all of our fans will earnestly vote once for their favorite yeah. thing, and then we'll get to recognize what the people. I like. can't believe they're in charge of something that means so much to me. Anyway, it's not even a movie that was released theatrically. <laughs> It's a movie that was <laughs> released because of online bullying. Because of those Twitter weirdos. <laughs> so funny. Of course they were going to win. It's so stupid. All right, then the next one was uh, your fan favorite films. So these are the films from 2021 that the fans, that was the, their favorite of the, the year. The first yes. one, Tick, Tick, Boom. Okay, big hit on Netflix. Sure, and we're also like nominating it at the Oscars. Right. Um, Spider-Man No Way Home. Interesting that's at number four. I agree. Uh, third, the whole, re- the whole biggest... reason this exists is to get Spider-Man attention. It's similar to how, in a different way, how after The Dark Knight wasn't nominated, they expanded to ten. Yeah. And then no superhero movie was nominated till Black Panther. Yes. Well, they were like, we'll fix the problem. And then it still didn't get yeah, it to right. that, that platform. Guys, we nominated extremely loud and incredibly close. Does that make you happy? Uh, number three, and I think I'm going to spend the remainder of our two hours on Minamata. Yeah, what's going on with that? They had to show a clip from Minamata. I saw this was trending a few weeks ago, and I knew what Minamata was a little bit. 
But I saw that they had like, these are our finalists. Keep voting. And that was one of them. And it blew my mind. Minamata is a 2020 drama film based on a book of the same name. It's about a uh, American photographer, Eugene Smith, who documented the effects of mercury poisoning on the citizens of Minamata, Kunamoto, Japan, starring and produced by Johnny Depp. So I guess my question. It made $1.7 million worldwide. Probably was never released in American theaters, or maybe it was. And no one's ever heard of it. My question What's your is question? This? I We know about the Snyder weirdos. It's based on a true story. Uh, and, uh, you know, we knew about, not to spoil the rest of the list, we knew about the Cinderella weirdos. Right. Uh, Twitter's full of weirdos. Mm-hmm. I, is there a Johnny Depp I hive? I have no idea, though. I, there, there is an anti-Amber Heard hive. Okay. All right. All right. I that could... I do know. People who petitioned her to get out of Aquaman and shit. Sure. This is a... If the, inter- if the internet and Twitter have one thing, it's a bunch of people that don't like women very much. Yeah. So, sure, I guess that uh, that explains something. But no, this was so funny. A movie that no one's ever heard of, and they had to show a clip of it. Cinderella came in at number two. Amazon's ill-fated um, update of Cinderella, starring um, uh, Camilla Cabello, Adina Menzel, among others. It was released uh, on Prime Video September 3rd of this year, and I guess a lot of people watched it. Um, who's to say? Then, the number one fan favorite movie of 2021, and they showed and I counted it today, 25 seconds of this movie at the Oscars. Not even that good of a clip. A really like almost no. scary clip for children. Like the big monster running it at the camera and jumping yeah, onto a helicopter. It's just a, a weird and specific scene. Yeah. Of Army of the Dead. Zack Snyder's Netflix film that was also barely released in theaters. But we saw... We did see in theaters. I mean, just so <laughs> funny and stupid. And that the time that they took doing that, none of those people who voted for Cinderella watched the show. No. Of course not. Why would they? And yet... They did it and they showed it and that time could have been spent on recognizing their peers who work hard, who are not face on the poster, who don't make the big money. Um, Just shameful, really. All right, let's get to some winners. Unlike the Oscars, I never vowed to shorten the length of this episode. We would never do that to you. All right, let's do some shorts, Noah. Here we go. Best animated short. The nominees were Affair of the Heart, Bicetta, Bestia. Bestia, Bestia, Box Ballet, Robin Robin, and the Windshield Wiper. We saw all these. Yes. We, we, this is our fourth out of fifth, fourth year out of the last five that we've seen every nominee, including the shorts, docs, forens, and everything. We will uh, take a pause now for you to admire us. Thank you. Thank you so much. And now we proceed. So we saw all these weird mix. Usually the animateds are like the best ones, and they probably were here too, but... yes. But usually they're above and beyond. This was a weird eclectic mix, this group. There was a big contingent that people thought the Bastille would win. This is the, uh, the Nazi. That's the porcelain one, yeah. Okay. Mm. People really like that movie. Uh, I voted, I thought it was going to be Robin Robin to win because of the Arden connection. 
Sure. It's a, or an it's animation. A, it's a it's a big uh, a big studio with a celebrity cast mm-hmm. and is just like a. It's on Netflix. It's easily accessible. And that's it's what I thought good that was for the kids. Win. And uh, that's what I would I, that I thought was the best one as well. I would have voted. I for agree. I uh, did not win the windshield wiper one. The meditation on life and love. What does love know? Yeah, that movie. That movie was not good. It's very baffled by that win. You would also vote for Robin Robin. Yes. Best live action short. The nominees were Ala Kachu Take and Run, The Dress on My Mind, The Long Goodbye, and Please Hold. What would you have voted for? I guess on my mind here. I didn't really like any of these. Yeah, none of these really landed well. None of these really stuck the landing, as it were. Uh, I would have voted for uh, Ala Kachu, uh, Take and Run. But... Said we got the long goodbye because Riz Ahmed is in it. But he's an Oscar winner now, so that's nice. Happy for Riz. Um, Sure. I, as ever, would prefer that these people I like win Oscars for doing something that is uh, good in any way. Uh, I liked the long goodbye. Best documentary short. The nominees were Audible, Lead Me Home, three three songs for Benazir, When We Were Bullies, and Queen of Basketball. I picked Audible for the Netflix connection. And I uh, yeah. not not my own personal choice, sure. but for my prediction, you picked Queen of Basketball, yes, which would have been my choice. What would have been your choice? If you'd have uh, I would have gone Lead Me Home here, but uh, Queen of Basketball was also quite good. Very interesting And the story. worst thing we saw on this list, well, not the worst thing. You think no. that still don't look up. Worst thing I saw on this list, When We Were Bullies. Yes. Uh, it didn't Terrible. win anything. Very Terrible. nice. All right. Uh, best documentary feature, Ascension, Attica, Flea, Writing with Fire, and Summer of Soul, or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised. My ninth favorite film of the year? Yeah. So I'm really happy that one. That was my vote. Yeah, that was a, uh, a clear uh, should win, will win situation. So happy for Questlove. So great for him. This is a, this is the kind of thing that like I wouldn't want Questlove to win an Oscar for like doing the score for Don't Look Up, right? For instance, right? Uh, but I'm very happy that Questlove has an Oscar for making a really cool movie. Would that have gotten your vote? Yeah. As well. Yeah. Okay. Um, best. We'll keep going. International feature. Nominees were Drive My Car, Flee, The Hand of God, Lunana, A Yak in the Classroom, and The Worst Person in the World. Pretty good category, um, but it's Drive My Car and a Walk, and I'm so happy that it won. They cut, they by the way, they cut him off twice. Yes. Again, the only word is shameful, especially because he, he, he gave part of the speech in English. He learned some of English to keep it short so he could get all the things out, and they cut him off anyway twice. Fuck them. What would you vote for? Drive My Car. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this was a uh, a strong uh, strong category. Certainly in the at the top, uh, drive my car was the uh, was the should and will winner here. Best animated feature nominees were Encanto, Flea, Luca, The Mitchells versus the Machines, Ryan the Last Dragon. Uh, Encanto wins. That's what you would have voted for. Correct. And I would have voted for the Mitchells versus the Machines, but in the long run, whatever. That's fine. Um. All right. Technicals. Ready for a lot of Dune, everybody. Best visual effects. Your nominees were Dune, Free Guy, No Time to Die, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Spider-Man No Way Home. Dune wins. Yes, and I think that's right. I do, too. Uh, they, kept showing, they kept showing clips of the sandworm, which remains, like, it's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Really? Just, like, the 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 visual of the sandworm coming out. Like, yeah, when the uh, when the trailer for this movie was out, I kept saying, like, well, how, how could anyone not want to see this? Mm. Look at that fucking worm. <laughs> it's amazing. 
I would have given it uh, to Dune as well. Uh, film editing nominees were Dune, Don't Look Up, King Richard, The Power of the Dog, Tick, Tick, Boom. I really thought King Richard would take it. It won the AACE, but it was Dune. Um, my vote here would have been for The Power of the Dog. I think uh, I think I probably would have gone Power of the Dog as well. It's a, uh, you know, it is not a... Uh, it is not a slow, boring movie, but it is a deliberate movie, mm-hmm. uh, and that uh, that pace can easily become boring and uninteresting, and it never was. A thousand percent. Best costume design nominees were Cruella, Cyrano, Dune, Nightmare Alley, West Side Story. Cruella won. That would have been my vote. What would you pick? I I think I probably would have gone West Side, but Cruella would be a close second. Okay, and, great. Best makeup and hairstyling. The nominees were Coming to America, Cruella, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Dune, and House of Gucci. Um, Eyes of Tammy Faye won. My vote here would have been uh, Cruella again. Yeah, I think this one I will go Cruella. It's a pretty uh, weak category. I I agree. Pretty weak category. Cinema, speaking of weak category, the opposite of that is Best Cinematography. Uh, Dune, I'm going to click on... Craig Frazier, while we to do this, Dune, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, The Tragedy of Macbeth, West Side Story. Um, my vote would have been West Side Story, but uh, really can't go wrong with all of any of these. Yeah, what would you? I, I, I think I, I think I probably would have gone with a, with Power of the Dog at a uh, at a sliver here. I. For a you know the similar uh, similar reason to the best editing and that when it is such a uh, such a deliberately paced movie the uh, the visuals are kind of extra important I yeah. think to keep you uh, to keep you engaged I wouldn't wouldn't really have had any problem with any of these uh, you know very happy Mac- for Macbeth was for, obviously yeah. the like the big showy capital C cinematography nominee which would have been deserving. Dune, uh, completely deserving. West Side Story looked amazing. Um, this was Gr- Frazier's. Uh, I'm really happy for Greg. He's been putting in really like Z- uh, Zero Dark Thirty, Killing Them Softly, Foxcatcher, Lion, Rogue One. He's been really putting in really good work. He has the Batman out right now. But this is his second nomination after Lion, and he has his first Oscar. Production design. Nominees were Dune, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, The Tragedy Macbeth, West Side Story. This was either going to be Nightmare Alley, where Guillermo del Toro's movies usually win, or Dune. Uh, I went with Nightmare Alley in my predictions. Dune did win. I would have voted personally for... Oh boy, I don't know where it is. What would you have voted for? I think I would have voted Nightmare Alley here. Ah. Uh, the... Just I've I've talked a lot about the circus on this pod in these past few weeks. You sure have. But like when he when he's first uh, when he's first going through the circus at night you looking like uh, looking for the uh, the gimp that has escaped. Yeah. Like that was just incredible stuff. Yeah. The the circus was amazing and like the sort of Art Deco big uh, offices and buildings yeah, of the that's second what really half. That's really got me. Also uh, also very good. Um, my vote would have been the tragedy of Macbeth for production design. That's a, a a very worthy category. Again, a like the big loud showy one, but no no less award worthy. Best sound nominees were Belfast, Dune, No Time to Die, The Power of the Dog, West Side Story. Dune won. That would have gotten my vote. Yeah, I agree. 
Best original song, No Time to Die, from No Time to Die, Be Alive, Dos Oruguitas, Down to Joy, Somehow You Do, uh, No Time to Die, One, Billie Eilish is the first person born in the 21st century to win an Oscar. And Which is she, pretty cool. She would have gotten my vote. Um, though I do like Dos Origitas, which I know was your choice. Yes, uh, I would have gone Origitas. Uh, I think the the Billie Eilish song is good, but just a a variation on the same James Bond song yeah. that keeps winning. Sure. I I am very excited for the next iteration of James Bond, so we can get a different kind of song again. BTS but she did a good job. Sure. Sure. Why not? I, Best yeah, original I score. <laughs> I want one that. Okay. Sure. Score. Measurable score, Dune, Don't Look Up, Encanto, Parallel Mothers, The Power of the Dog. My vote here would have been Parallel Mothers. And uh, Dune did win. What, yes. would, what would you vote for? Uh, I would have gone Power of the Dog, but this sure. is another uh, another strong uh, strong category at the top, at least. Overdue second win for Hans Zimmer, who won his first Oscar in 1994 for The Lion King. And since then, I'll just list off the impressive, the like, really like, oh, he did that score? Yeah. Um, nominees for The Prince of Egypt, Gladiator, Inception, Interstellar, Dunkirk. All nominated for those. Didn't win any of them. That Interstellar score is awesome. Um, but he wins here. Very nice to see him win. He was not there, though. All right. Then the big ones. Adapted screenplay. Nominees were Coda, Drive My Car, Dune, The Lost Daughter, The Power of the Dog. I would have voted for Drive My Car. What would you vote for? Um, I I think Drive My Car is a good uh, a good pick there. I uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll I'll echo you there. Winner was Coda. Sean Heater uh, in a film that is a remake of a French film. I hear a shot for shot as well. I really that's a. Uh, why didn't that win Best Picture? Well, because it was French. I don't know. French? Foreign language films could win Best Picture. Parasite did it. Sure. It can. What's it's, the it's, difference? It's, it's, it's allowed. Maybe it's not as good. I don't know how. Um, Coda did win. Uh, back-to-back years where a female has won screenplay. Uh, uh, Emerald Fennel, what's her name? Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, for Promising Young Woman one last year. Yeah. Original screenplay. Click on Kenneth Branagh while we do this. Nominees, Belfast, Don't Look Up, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, The Worst Person in the World. I would have voted here out of these nominees for what? I would have voted for The Worst Person in the World out of yeah. these nominees. I, I would have gone Licorice Pizza. Those are Lucas the only my number two. two possible answers yeah. uh, here, I think. Uh, King Richard being a, a solid yet distant third, and sure. then the other two. Uh, I don't know. I know this will mean nothing to you, but it is a Branna one. His first win, be nominated one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. This is his eighth nomination, eighth win. He is the, um, and he should be rewarded, if not for this, but for something in the future. He is uh, the person nominated in the most categories of any person ever. Director, which he's been nominated for twice. Actor, live action short, adapted screenplay, supporting actor, picture, and now original screenplay, which you finally won, which is very impressive. Yeah, that is uh, that is interesting. He is a, a, a very solid hand, a jack-of-all-trades yeah. kind of guy. Not just not a not a good script yeah. on this movie, 
uh, in a category with two outstanding scripts. No, I agree. I, I like Belfast. I like Belfast. But I agree. Those two screenplays are far. Even the King Richard screenplay is better. Yeah. So. It's, 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 it's a lot better. Yeah. Best Supporting Actress nominees were Ariana DeBoise, West Side Story, Jesse Buckley, The Lost Daughter, Judy Dench, Belfast, Kirsten Dunst, Power of the Dog, and Ingenue Ellis, King Richard. Uh, DeBoise won 60 years after Rita Moreno won but the same award for the same role. Yes. Incredible. Uh, and yeah. she deserved to win. She would have gotten my vote. I agree. Uh, I think uh, Kirsten's Ariana, a close second for me. Yeah. Uh, I think she also gave the best speech of the night. Yes. By a Wonderful pretty wide speech. margin. I. Uh, and yeah, this was a this was a great win. A, a little a little misdirect early on, like when when this happened and uh, she won, I was like, oh, that's cool. And she gave a great speech. I was like, wow, is this going to be good? Yeah, I'm I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> should should I be ready for more of that? Best supporting actor. The nominees were Syrian Hines, Belfast, uh, Troy Coster, Coda, Jesse Plemons, Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons, being the Ricardos. And Cody Smith McPhee, The Power of the Dog. He would have gotten my vote, Cody Smith McPhee. Uh, Troy won. He was great in the movie. Who would have gotten your vote? I, God, I don't know. I might have. I might have gone. I might have gone Troy Kotzer here. I think he was uh, particularly good in Coda, Jade, a movie that I think was just kind of fine all around. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think I think this is a deserving award. I, uh, I liked him a lot in this. Very nice. Um. Best Actress. The nominees were Jessica Chastain, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman, The Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz, Parallel Mothers. Oh, Daughter and Mothers. How about that? Nicole Kidman being The Ricardos, Kristen Stewart, Spencer. Jessica Chastain wins her Oscar. Yeah. She nominated is... twice as her third nomination. She's finally won after really trying for it ever since she burst onto the scene. And I think it's a good performance. I'm fine with her winning for this performance. I would have given it to um, either Stewart or Penelope Cruz. I think I, I would have given it to Stewart here. Yeah, I would have gone Penelope Cruz in a walk. I, uh, I don't understand. Chastain's my four. What uh, I don't understand what they're what they're doing with Best Actress every year. Mm-hmm. This is the category that I feel like more more often than most is just kind of decided in October. You'll get the years when not, it's like not too well. Last year was uh, last year it could have gone uh, two ways. Last year it could have been McDormand or um, Vanessa Kirby or Viola Davis. No, not Vanessa Kirby. Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. Sure, but I'm. But, but for, the year the years where it's like oh Renee Zellweger is going to win that was are, that is that that seems to happen in Best Actress more often than it happens in anything else. Uh, when that happens in That's Best so Picture, when you get no, what you're saying? Oh, okay, because uh, I feel the same way about Best Actor. I uh, like the Jeff Bridges, the Colin Firths, the we're just gonna walk this man to the podium and yeah. give him his award. I uh, maybe maybe the problem is that just with the uh, with the lack of uh, interesting roles for women compared to men right. that. It'll happen for a Judy or an Eyes of Tammy that, that Faye. That is a good point. Is that most uh, of the time the best actors nominees are not for movies that are in Best Picture, because they're not very good or hyped up enough. Whereas yeah. the best actor ones, a lot of them do correlate with Best Picture. Yeah, but then where uh, where I'm ultimately going with this is even a year like this when it feels like no one knew who was going to win Best Actress, and like until the day before or 
And it still just goes to I mean, fucking the eyes of Tammy Ch- Faye. Chastain won the Critics' Choice, which means nothing, but is a good kind of temperature read. And SAG. Those yeah. are two big prequels. why I picked her for my prediction. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I really thought Stewart had the... I feel like in October, we all thought it was Stewart. Yeah, she was she was the the Judy of this and year. Then just, like wow, congratulations to Kristen Stewart on her Oscar. They just didn't like the movie as much as uh, they gave it only one nomination. Yeah, um, best actor, Oof. Javier Bardem being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield Tick Tick Boom, Will Smith King Richard, Denzel Washington The Tragedy of Macbeth. Will Smith wins it. Who he would have gotten my vote as well. Will Smith. I who gets yeah, your vote? I, I think I. Performance-wise here, I would have gone Cumberbatch. Uh, I think Will uh, Smith was very good. Too. He was. This is not a, not my favorite Will Smith performance, uh, but he was very good in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just in terms of like how the Oscars should go, I would have voted Will Smith. Yeah. Because uh, there are... in The Oscars, I think, are so rarely about actually awarding like the best thing of the year. So when you have the opportunity to give Will Smith an award for a, at, at least quite good performance, right? Uh, if not like out necessarily outstanding, like you should, you should just do it. That's, that's more, it's more interesting than uh, Cumberbatch winning. Yeah. Even if I do think Cumberbatch was better. I, uh, but yeah, I did. Yeah. I do think Cumberbatch is better. Uh, best director: Kenneth Branagh, Belfast. Uh, Raisuke Hamagachi, Drive My Car. Paul Thomas Anderson, Licorice Pizza. Jane Campion, The Power of the Dog. Steven Spielberg, West Side Story. My pick would have been Spielberg. Uh, I'm very happy for Campion, though. What about you? Who gets your vote? I yeah, I like I like Campion here. Uh, same same reason I've been citing for Power of the Dog. Uh, but Campion's just kind of the the head of it all. I think Campion's actually my three. I think I have Hamaguchi at two. Yeah, I do. But Campion's great. She's uh, the only act, the only woman to be nominated twice in this category. Um, she's the third winner overall. Who's a woman for best director and the first back to back, which is awesome. First uh, time women have won back to back. Yes, the first time a woman has won back to back directing trophies. Very very cool. And best picture nominees were. Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Both of our favorite films that were nominated. Yes. So we know who we'd pick. West Side Story for me, Licorice Pizza for you. Yes. Though I'll, uh, I'll also make my case similar to uh, Will Smith winning Best Actor. I, I, I think the best case scenario for the continued health of the oscars and the movies and all of that is dune sure i uh, dune is the movie that won i uh, won all these awards leading up which uh you know in any other year there could have you could have felt some momentum building through the night and then an exciting surprise where dune wins best picture the only uh, the only good movie that a lot of people saw on this list uh a lot of people, of course, also saw Don't Look Up. I uh, and it just that that could have been a thing. Oh, that that fun movie that a hundred million dollars worth of us all saw earlier this year is Best Picture. It's a it's a blending of uh, artistic achievement and populist entertainment. 
how nice is this? Yeah. Perhaps we should check to see what happens next year. I, but no, I would have voted licorice pizza. Um, Coda, that. Coda wins, and it is the um, also same with best director. Back to back best picture wins produced by a female producer, or led by a female producing team, something like that. Uh, I'm going to get into some stats now, some records that were broken. It was a huge night for records being broken. But um, Power of the Dog, most nominated going in, wins one Oscar. They don't like Netflix. Coda, a clean sweep with three, won all three of its categories. And Dune, nominated for ten, wins six. And it is the most Oscar wins by a single film that was not nominated for Best Director. So it's one of those things similar to the Selma of it all, where Selma's nominated for Best Picture, but it's not in the top five of any other category. One of the yeah. best films of the year. Everything else about it, though, the directing, the writing, the acting. Eh. Sort of the anti-Dune. Right, whereas Ev- Dune, everything, ev- everything about is this movie great, was amazing. but the person who led the charge, I don't know. Yeah, he did not do a very good job. Very funny. Okay, here are some stats. Uh, this is also the first time a streamer has one best picture. Netflix has been chasing this for years. Apple TV's only been around for, I think, four years, maybe even three, and has already has a best picture trophy. Um, the Netflix bias still lives on, and uh, we have our first streamer to a best picture, which I think will, as we look back on this in, in years to come, will represent a shift in the business. And now we've broken that seal, that a film that barely played in theaters can win best picture so i think that's i think that's true broadly i i will not believe it about netflix specifically until i see it happen this is from a website called the film experience.net i want to give them their credit um coda is the lowest grossing film of all time to win best picture with a recorded one million dollar globally um it's uh the first film of the modern era to win only three to win Best Picture on three nominations. Everything else had five or more. Grand Hotel uh, famously won Best Picture on fewer nominations. It was nominated for one Oscar. Best Picture. And it won. Which is very funny to think about. Um, Coda is the first film to win Best Picture without having received either an editing or a directing nomination. Since the editing category came into existence. Um, it is also the only 10 films have won previously without an editing nomination. The last being Birdman in 2014, famously not nominated for editing. Three previous films have won Best Picture without directing nomination. Wings, the first film to win Best Picture. Grand Hotels, we mentioned. Drive Miss Daisy. And the most recent is a big deal. Was nominated for director, won Best Picture. Argo. That's right. I know things. <laughs> oh, and Troy, I forgot to mention this. Troy uh, Koster is the second deaf actor to win and the first deaf male to win an acting Oscar alongside his um, Coda co-star Marley Matlin, who went to our high school. No big deal. <laughs> um, Ariana DeBois becomes the first female member of the LGBT plus community winning an acting Oscar uh, while they were out. Jodie Foster and Linda Hunt were not out. At that point, and uh, and so she is the first out LGBTQ cool. plus actor to win. Um, 
That's stupid. It was about Will Smith. Billy Eilish we did. <laughs> First actor to get into a fight. That's what it was. That's exactly what it was. Oh. Uh, Diane Warren lost Best Original Song. 13 nominations. No win. Um, she is still... Let's see. She is continues to be the most nominated person to never win. Hans Zimmer holds the record for the longest time between wins for a composer. 27 years. Incredible. Uh, up Diane Warren's nominations. Um, Jane Campion's the second actress. We know that. No Time to Die is the third consecutive Bond song to win. Which is odd because for literally 50 years, 1962 to 2011, um, basically no, none of them won or even nominated. Yeah. Power of the Dog is the first film to win Best Director as its only prize since Mike Nichols in 1962 for The Graduate. It's very, very weird stuff going on this year. <laughs> uh, let's see. Coda. Coda's only the seventh best picture winner to win all of its nominees. Yeah, well, it only had three to win. Um, there's more that I chose not to look up. I thought that would have it all after I skimmed that list. But point being, there's something I want to end this with, and it's the idea of the preferential ballot, which is the Oscar voting system, which gives more emphasis on the two, three, and four positions than the one position. Um, most of the time if a movie can hang around in those, it is a really good shot at winning picture. It's what's led to some of these more cookie cutter, I'll say winners as opposed to challenging films of the past. And it really brings into question would, you know, um, no country for old men or would, it's another example. Would deer hunter have won best picture if it was a preferential ballot? It's an interesting question, and it's something that now that these records keep getting broken and broken and broken, it's something that we need to discuss where when we look at previous Oscar stats Uh and Oscar history as far as predicting what's going to be nominated, we really just are going to need to start focusing on the last nine years, which is when the preferential ballot came into focus. I think they started with preferential ballot, and they did it for a while and then stopped, and then they, they started it again about nine years ago. I think that's really what we're going to have to be looking at. So now that we've, we're getting more and more years, more and more stats in that time under our belt, we can't really listen to the, well, what about in the 90s when this, this, and this happened? It was a different yeah. voting system. Things seem to be changing. The expanding of the academy to thousands and thousands of more members, more of them international, didn't, as it turns out, didn't help power the dog win. On a preferential ballot, it still didn't pull it away, and Coda clearly got more ones and twos and threes. Whereas Power of the Dog probably got a lot of ones, six, sevens, and eights. <laughs> and, or no, seven, eights, nines, and tens, probably around there. And that's what did it. So it's going to be interesting moving forward, what we can rely on as far as Oscar statistics and what we can't. Yeah. Though I I, I still think the uh, the strange choice of the Academy, like the, the preferential ballot obviously has a big part to play, but it has also, you know, produced... Moonlight and Parasite and uh, uh, that's true. Interesting choice. Even uh, you know, I'm going uh, going back here, like something like Birdman, which uh, 
you know, whatever, whatever your feelings about it is a weird movie. Yeah, but it is about the industry. And whereas I think boyhood is the more kind of reach it's longer, it's slower. It doesn't have as much like flash and panache. And sure. Birdman. Uh huh. So I think, I think that's, that's the opposite where it's like boyhood probably got the most number ones that year, but also probably got people who were like, it's too slow. It's too long. What do I care about this kid? That kind of thing. Uh, but it didn't give us American Sniper. That's true. I. That's true. Yeah, I just I, I I think I think it's important to remember that when these weird things happening, there are just weird people with weird taste mm-hmm. uh, governing all of this as well. Yeah. And but I blame I, them. I still think that a rule should be put in that you have to go on a database and officially click and prove that you've watched something. And if you don't watch everything. Two years in a row, you are banned for one year, and that award is given to a member of Film Twitter who has proven that they do that, and they get their seat for a year. That's what I think should happen. People who actually spend the time to watch all these movies are us, you know? Yeah, though Film Twitter's voting for Zack Snyder for everything. Not actual (laughs) Film Twitter. (laughs) Not real Film Twitter. Sure. Um, All right, the Academy Awards. Finally, this entirely too long award season can end. Till next year. <sighs> Lady Gaga hosting. That'd be nice. All right. Box office news. The Lost City. Oh, you got to do a top five. Uh, yes, I've got one. Uh, in honor of Coda, I have uh, picked the top five disappointing best pictures. <laughs> uh, this is just uh, just within the uh, 2010 and on. Because uh, I just didn't want to go back and... Go through all of them. There's plenty to choose from. 2010 and on. Let me see yeah. if I can get your, your picks here. Okay. 2010. So, King's Speech. King's Speech is on the list. It's at, it's at number five. In artist. Fact. Uh, the Artist is at number four. You're, uh, you're crushing it. Uh, you're crushing it here. Okay. I'm not trying to go in order, but this is nice. Um, uh, and just, of course, for the, uh, for the record, the King's Speech uh, social network should have won. Uh, the artist year, uh, rough year. It's a really rough year. Moneyball would have been my pick. What are the nominees? I uh, all right. I uh, Moneyball, The Tree of Life, also good. Uh, Warhorse, uh, Midnight in Paris, fun little movie. Troubled uh, in one of reasons. he who should not be named better. Yes. More recent ones though. Uh, Hugo, mm-hmm. which I have no time for. The Help. Extremely loud and incredibly close. And The Descendants. Yeah, I'd probably give it to Moneyball, too. No, yeah. I'd actually, I would, I would give it to The Artist. I'd give it to The Artist. I, terrible year yeah, totally. outside of uh, some movies. I think Moneyball is amazing. Uh, so, yeah, you've got five and four. Um, the Shape of Water. Uh, the Shape of Water is on my list, uh, but it is not number three. Okay. Uh, number three is oh boy it's not spotlight no spotlight was spotlight was good not, not birdman by there no it's not moonlight no it's not i know green book is it green book or is that higher no green no green book is not a top five anything green book sucks the thing about king's beach and the artist is that they're both like fine movies that I just would have preferred something else to win but green book you wouldn't have preferred to do something else to win no green book sucks it's not. So it's, it's not, on the it's on the list, right? No, because it's bad. It's this is my top five 
disappointing Oscar. Uh, not most disappointing necessarily. Okay. See, that's that's but, what I thought based on that description. No, it's uh, in terms of movies that are uh, that I still like. So okay, all right. So uh, Twelve Years a Slave. No. Coda. Coda's on the list. Yep, Coda's in it. Uh, yeah. Um, what? Uh, what else? No man land. No. I feel like I'm running out of movies. No. You are. There's there's a uh, there's one we've talked about uh, talked about recently. I shouted it out just a few minutes ago. I don't know. Just tell me. We have Argo. things to guess. Yes. Then. Oh right. Yeah. Uh, Argo. I uh, probably would have gone with Django Unchained that year. Another really. Uh, What's in that year? Uh, the other option is Beasts of the Southern Wild. Uh, you would vote for Django over Beasts. I, I think so. Huh. I very surprising. It's been many years since I've seen both, but that is uh, that is my recollection. I, and then yeah, the uh, the Shape of Water should have was like a good movie that should have gone to any other number of nominees that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lady Bird for me, Get Out for you. I would have taken both of those or Dunkirk. Or probably call me by your name. I uh, oh, on three billboards. That was a, that was a good year, twenty seventeen. I yeah, that's uh, that so is all five of those. Just quickly run through the five. five. King Speech, Artist, Argo, Coda, and The Shape of Water. She Water number one. Gotcha. Yes. Uh, and then we get into our actual box office top five Please. at long last. Uh, the Lost City opened at number one with thirty point four million dollars. Yeah. The Batman came in at number two with 20.4. That was a 44.3% drop. That's up to 331.9. RRR opened at number three with $9.5 million. Uh, Uncharted came in at number four with $5 million, a 36.1% drop. That's up to 133.5 million. And Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, the movie, came in at number five with four and a half, a 69.1% drop. That's up to 27.7. All right, The Lost City uh, opened this weekend with $30 million. Just proof in the pudding. Original. Comedic. IP. Banking on movie star bankability still works. Yeah. It can still pull audiences. Sandra Bullock is a goddamn movie star. When she wants to be in a theatrical movie, she crushes it. The Proposal. The Heat. Gravity. Minions. This, when she wants to be in a movie, she's a huge box office star. So is Channing Tatum with Dog and this. He can still rank him in in the right role. This is so exciting. Paramount was on the cusp of being finished. Done. They hedged their bets. They started their streaming service. They're hoping for Top Gun and Mission Impossible. But... This year, they've had three number one openings at peak opening. Scream, Jackass, Lost City. They're crushing it right now. This is a new franchise if they want. The audience response is good. This is a huge opening in the midst of Batman and proof that things can open concurrently. I know that Batman's in week th- four, but this could open concurrently with things. It's counter-programming still against the Batman. This is a huge opening and so exciting for the future of theatrical movie going. It's not dead just yet. Yeah, this is a, you know, more and more and more we're getting indications that Spider-Man was not necessarily an indication that only Spider-Man can make money. Right. 
uh, which is what we all feared. And like, Turns out they, they were perfectly valid fears. Didn't want to see West Side Story and Nightmare Alley in theaters. Yeah, the, but we got a, we've had we've had example after example. Of, Sing two, for instance. Sure, uh, and you know you mentioned Dog. This I. Uh, Scream did great. Jackass. Uh, ja- yeah. There's Uncharted. Mo- Uncharted. Movies, movies are just kind of they're back. They're hitting right now. Yeah. They're, this, I, we, we get Morbius this weekend. Sonic this weekend, I think. It's going to be a big weekend. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to get... For, for a few weeks now, for a few months, I've been thinking, I don't want to hedge any bets, but things are popping right now. Scream, Jackass, Uncharted, Dog, Batman, Lost City. Things are really grooving right now. It's very exciting and could really lead to a very promising summer. All right. RRR, which I believe is for Rise, Roar, Revolt, is a a film from India. It's an epic. All their movies are epic that hit big here. They're all three hours. They crush it. I think it's supposed to be good. It is huge right now. It had the number one global opening. Oh, cool. It was it was the number one film around the world yeah. this weekend. Made uh, nine and a half million. That is the second biggest opening for a film in North America. And uh, the prices were higher, so that did help. But in its home country in India, it was the, uh, the all-time uh, opening weekend record. So that's uh, why that's there. It's doing very well. Also, Infinite Storm opened with Naomi Watts. It didn't make any money. I'll stop talking about it now. And everything, everywhere, all at once, down in 13th place in 10 theaters, $500,000, a per theater average of $50,000. Huge. One of A24's absolute best. Yeah, that's uh, that's very cool. Do you think that might be a uh, a precursor to some broader success for everything, everywhere, all at once? Maybe. I think that it's a very niche film and people are going to see it. I think we should see it on Wednesday now that we figured out the thing we're doing with the other yeah. half. But um, it was mainly for the IMAX engagements. So we should probably buy our tickets. But uh, yeah, it's certainly possible. I think that this is um, a great showing for his specialty cinema, as it's called, and smaller cinema. I don't know. I don't know how quickly they're going to expand. I think it's still going to be a few weeks, but... We'll see. It's going to be a crowded April, so it's going to be tough for that to really play. But I could see it getting upwards of 15, um, which in today's day is just going to be just fine for that kind of thing. But uh, very exciting for that movie. And it's second weekend. You said it. Uh, Jiu-Jitsu Kaizen Zero, the movie. It has 27 million uh, total, which it already makes it one of the top anime films here in North America. That's still crushing it. And X, in sixth place, made 2.2 million down 48%. It's got 8 million total for 824. Um, speaking of crawling uh, near 15, that'll probably get around 13 or so. In our spotlights, The Batman. The reason why I bring this up is it's at 3.30, and I believe that means it is past Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, which grossed 3.30. This is a, So this is at 3.31. It has beaten that one. So it is the highest grossing... Batman film not directed by Christopher Nolan. Cool. So it's the third highest grossing overall. And it's not doing well in China because they're having a COVID kind of moment right now again. Okay. And it's not playing in Russia. So 
it's probably not going to get to 800. And I do want to mention, remember um, the past few weeks where I've said people think it's going to get to 400. I'm not so sure. Sure. It's at 330 and made 20. I don't think it's getting to 400. And I said that starting week one. Just saying. Yeah, that's a, uh, Just that's a, good, that's a good call. Probably. Sing 2 across 160. It's the one of the few films to do that. And it's the first animated film since the pandemic to make 160 still being on video on demand for weeks now. Well, if they uh, Runaway yeah, smash. If they're not going to release any other animated movies in theaters. Runaway smash. And it finally happened. Spider-Man No Way Home crossed $800 million. It is the third film in history to do so. And that is where it's going to end. It will end at number three. Just behind Avengers Endgame's 858 and Star Wars The Force Awakens 936. Just an enormous sum and almost double what the original Spider-Man made. I remember in 2002, not only did Spider-Man break the opening weekend record of 114, but it would then go on to be the first movie I would see in my lifetime to cross $400 million. It's probably like the third or fourth biggest movie of all time back then. This almost doubled that. Huge. Huge, huge, huge. And that's all I got. All right. Well, then it is time to return to everybody's favorite game. Did Did it make make more or less than than Ted? We all know how to play. I name a movie. You tell me whether it made more or less than Ted at the box office. For a bonus point, you can tell me what year the movie came out. Are you ready to play? Yep. Your first film is Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, More. That made less than Ted. Oh, all right. 2018. <laughs> that is correct, though. I uh, so you are still in good standing here, uh, though a a nice rare win for me. Uh, Kung Fu Panda, number one. The f- the first Kung Fu Panda. Yes. The prequel More. to Kung Fu Panda two. Kung Fu Panda made less as well. 2008. That is 2008. I. Uh, this is uh, this is in the like balance. You, you're getting real close with those numbers. That's why I think uh, that's real close. Well, they are uh, both below Ted, and that's. Uh, but they're they're all of these things you're saying are within two ten and two twenty, and I bet they're within about three million of each other. Go ahead. Well, I got to bring my A game. <laughs> I understand. Crushing. I want you to understand. It's gonna be real tough without me knowing the exact numbers, because they're all within my mind. They're all in the same. All I see is two, one, and then a, for you know, sure, fuzzy. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, go ahead. Well, let's see how well you remember Oz the Great and Powerful. That's again right in there. I'll say less for that. I think you give me all lesses. No, I want more. Oz the Great and Powerful. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Did do more. 20, so got, 2013. Yeah, that's true. I was didn't even have time to say you got to get the year here to pull no, out the I win, the but you got the year and pulled out the uh, the closest win by a wide margin of did all it right. make more or less than Ted. All right. Uh, but congratulations all the same. To you uh, as well. Thank you. Uh, come and gone from a theater near you, Brian. You ready to go back in time? Oh, God, please. Anywhere but here. To 2012. You are doing what is the uh, date? March 23rd. 2012, no other notes. One movie. 21 Jump Street. No. That had come out the week prior. But it was on the list. Yes. Number two. Wrath of the Titans. No. Not on the list. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, the Hunger Games. Yes, there it is. Um, one. I'll just one fifty two. Exactly right. Really? Exactly right. I was going to just go one fifty, and then I was like, "Oh, we'll go we'll try to get it." Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, that was a shocking debut. That was incredible. Did so, we see that at the theater by Loyola? I, I don't recall. It's possible. I Either we saw it there or we were talking about it there on okay. the way there. What was that theater called? Uh, the New 400. Yeah. That was a shocking debut. That was a... No one knew how big that was going to be. People were like, I think it would get to 100. And we're all like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Maybe, like, maybe 110. I don't know. It's a big deal. That was... Because even Twilight, the first Twilight made 80. Yeah. Uh, five years earlier or four years earlier. And that was shocking to us then. And so we're like, what? Did, who? That was crazy. It's the, the absolute height of the YA movie. That was crazy. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that was a, that was it for that weekend. Oh no, I've scrolled a little farther down. The raid redemption uh, awesome. was released in 14 theaters. Dope. I, I remember when catching fire came out in November and everyone's like, now it's got the Harry Potter date. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, Harry Potter was never like a huge, huge open. Like the biggest Harry Potter movie open was like 169. That was the finale. So, which is only, as you can see, 17 million more than this. Right. But it was like it's in the Harry Potter date. It's the big fall November movie, and then it opened slightly higher. And everyone was like, "Oh boy, that's disappointing." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" We couldn't even fathom the last one making this much. Right. Do you think the audience expanded that much more? That's still an insane sum of money. And then it had good legs, but those are fun times. All right, everybody. We're running just a little long here, so we're going to leave it here for now, and we'll be back with the first half of the first round of Multiplex Sadness in just a little bit. Stay tuned.